Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road over in New Jersey. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today in the farm shop. And if you're listening on the podcast of this show, then I want to thank you. That's fantastic. And know that every week, one week after it airs on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio, it is listed as a podcast, the whole show in its entirety. So you could go back and reference it because we're all about education here. And um, it's on my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, or almost every major podcast hosting site that we are aware of. And if you're not listening as a podcast, then that means that it is either Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern or Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio. You have Sirius XM. You have some kind of Sirius XM connection, right? But very important, well, it's important to me, right? Note that if you are a Sunday listener, as of next Sunday, next weekend, not tomorrow, is that Farm Machinery Digest Radio only on Sunday is going to have a new time. It's no longer going to be on at 6 p.m. Eastern for the re-air. The re-air is going, and that's going to be starting on uh, July 24th. That's hard to believe. It's already going to be July 24th next week. And that it will be, from now on, it'll be at 1 p.m. Eastern. So the Saturday show is still the same. It's 11 a.m. Eastern, but the Sunday is going to be moved up from 6 to, to 1 p.m. And that is a, uh, I'll say it's a quasi-permanent change, right? Because nothing in life is permanent. But Rural Radio is adding a new show, and they, and they tweak the schedule around a little bit. So uh, I, my show, and along with a few others, have gotten uh, gotten moved around, and this this uh, new show is going to be airing, I think, in the evening. Not in my time slot, in a different time slot. So uh, you could check that out, and it would be good if I knew what the name of it was to tell you to check it out. But that is that. But you could always go to my website and uh, find the episodes there. And I, now I want to thank... Mr. Rex Doherty, I'm going to pronounce it Doherty, from Lowell, Indiana. So he reached out to me to enter the Hot Rod Farmer License Plate Contest and give me a pin in my map. So I have a pin in my map in Lowell, Indiana, with Mr. Doherty's name on it. Thank you so much, sir. And that's right in the northwest part of the northwest corner of, of uh, Indiana, not too far from the Illinois border. So he's right over there in the Indiana-Illinois border. And I've never been through Lowell, but when I go out west, I usually travel south of there because I take 24 across, and I think that he's about uh, about 40 miles or so based upon my map north of there. And we have two winners for Hot Rod Farmer license plates. All right, so I need these two gentlemen to reach out to me because I do not have your mailing address to send you the license plate. And as I said, just like Mr. Doherty, if you want to get into that contest, the best thing to do is just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and fill out the form like Mr. Rex Doherty did. And it comes right to me, and then I have your address on file of everything. And if you are blessed to be a winner, then I could just announce your name on the radio and you could go to your mailbox and find that USA made hot rod farmer license plate. All right. So, uh, but our winners for this week are, and I'm going to probably kill your last name, sir, Mr. Marshall Huss 
or Hussey, H-U-S-S-E, and he is hailing from Truckee, California. And I know when Mr. Hussey original, Huss, well, original contacted me that um, I believe he's an East Coast boy that went out to, or Midwest boy that moved out to California. And I know Truckee quite well because years ago, my buddy Glenn Nadell and I, we had to uh, sign up for the draft. So I decided that I said to him, I got a good idea because a few years prior to that, a year or two prior to that, my family and I was a young boy, went out west. And we went up to Truckee to Lake Tahoe. And I said, there's a little post office in Truckee, California. Let's go back then. You had to go to the post office to sign up. It wasn't like this today. I guess it's all digital or something. Who knows what you do? I don't even know, know what you do. But anyway, so uh, we went to Truckee. So we went out west. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. We went to this little tiny post office in Truckee. And we registered for the draft there. And back then, the only ID you had was a non-picture driver's license. And the guy looked at us and said, why are you coming all the way here from New Jersey to register for a draft? There's no post offices in Hackettstown. But, but that was what we did. Oh, to be young. And then we went from there into Oregon, Washington, Montana. 11,300 miles in 20 days. Fantastic. We never realized how blessed we were to have the, 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 the blessing of youth and no responsibility. So Mr. Uh, so Mr. Huss or Hussey Marshall, reach out to me. I'll get you that license plate and trucky and show, ride by the post office with it and show it to him. And then Mr. Frank Ellefson, and I can pronounce his name, and I have no idea what his address is because he is a listener from Norway. And when I gave him a pin in my map, it was just Norway because my map does not have European cities on it or major cities only. So Mr. Frank Ellison is a listener from Norway to the Idle Chatter podcast. And Mr. Hussey, please reach out to me and I will get those hot rod farmer license plates out in the mail to you. And on today's show, what we're going to be talking about is the importance of checking and setting the injector pop-off or pop-open pressure on a pump line nozzle diesel. And that's something that a lot of people don't talk about, but that's what this show is about. We talk about stuff that a lot of people don't talk about. But never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. I'm Neil Cavuto from Fox Business. In high school, I managed a fast food restaurant. I saw the power of business and the importance of making your money work for you. I'm Liz Clayman. In life, it's not just how you invest, it's for whom you're investing. We care about your success. And I'm Charles Payne. I go way beyond the headlines to help you through the markets every single day. It's all about investing in your future, your American dream. Fox Business. Invested in you. Listen on Channel 113. Hi, I'm Bob Phillips. And I'm Kelly Phillips. And we've been lucky enough to have spent the last 50 years winding up and down the back roads of Texas. It's been an incredible journey. And from the hidden gems to the passionate people, we've seen it all. And don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So why don't you hop in and travel with us every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. 
Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy Sterner with a reminder to join me for the Saturday Night Polka Party. That's Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central. They repeat that same show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Channel 147 World Radio. It's a great way to start your week off. It's a Saturday Night Polka Party. Saturdays at 6 Eastern, again on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Channel 147 World Radio. The necessities of life, food, water, shelter. And your favorite radio hosts, this is Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. And Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. Beck. Join us every week right here for the Ranch It Up radio show. And the Bend radio show. We talk cattle, market, sale barn reports, news. Cooking, lifestyle, outdoors, recreation. And everything in between. And there's a lot in between. Ranch It Up. And the Bend. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And, you know, when you're dealing with anything, especially on the farm, but also obviously machinery, because that's what this show was about, but and in life in general, uniformity or consistency, we're going to use that definition of uniformity, though it's not a proper definition, but consistency, uniformity is the key to many things. I mean, if uh, if you know that a store opens at a certain time, then you say, okay, I could get there, the store is open at a certain time. If it closes at a certain time, and you say, oh, well, I got 15 minutes to get to the bank yet, as long as I'm in the door before 12 o'clock on Saturday, that I could do my transaction, then you come to the bank, and it's, and it's 10 to 12, and the door is locked, and it says closed, or a store is supposed to open up in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning for breakfast, and you go there, and it's 5 o'clock, and the door is locked. And then, and as far as crops are concerned, white we these being a, 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 I don't want to say a recognition, because there always was, but an emphasis on uniform emergence of your plants. And some people go around and actually put little flags in the field, and, and they say that they should that the I'm using corners and examples should pop up within a couple of hours of one another. And, uh, a couple of the high yield farmers are big on that. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not in any position to critique that one way or the other. All I know is that my sweet corn doesn't all come up within a couple of hours of one another. If it comes up within 12 hours or 14 hours of one another, then I am very, very happy about that. But also sweet corn is a demanding mistress. It's a real prima donna. All right, so most of the people who are talking about this are, uh, are dealing with, with field corn. <clears throat> and so they're not dealing with sweet corn. Sweet corn is in a, in a anybody who raises sweet corn knows it's a, uh, it's in a world by itself, even though it's in the corn family. It's, <laughs> it's uh, got a lot of, uh, a lot of unique aspects of it. But, you know, then again, getting back on track over here, that it is very, very important to have uniformity. And when it comes to engines, and I don't care whether it's gasoline or diesel, even though today we're talking about diesels, and we're talking about pump line nozzle diesels, so that means an old-fashioned mechanical diesel, the good ones, the real diesels, right? All the young guys who have these electronic diesels are going to be, be, be going, that guy's nuts, we like our electronic controls. Well, these, well, uh, the old pump line nozzle diesels were really very, very simple and uh, were, were, were quite efficient. So we won't go there, right? And these new ones are very efficient, but they have a, uh, 
a lot of complexity to them. And basically, sometimes in life that, you know, there's an acronym in engineering, KISS, keep it simple, stupid. But, you know, it's a different world and we have to meet emission standards and fuel economy standards that we could not do with a pump line nozzle system. And that's why these modern tier four electronic diesels exist. But that's not what we're talking about today. But on a pump line nozzle diesel, all right, there's the injection pump and the injection pump builds the pressure to send the fuel to the uh, nozzle or injector. We'll call it an injector, even though the whole assembly is considered a nozzle. But we could use the terms interchangeably. Well, I'm not going to beat you to death uh, with semantics. All right. And the, and the injection pump is responsible for the timing of sending that fuel to that nozzle or that injector, whatever you want to call it. So just like a distributor and an ignition coil on the gasoline engine, all right, is responsible for sending the spark to the spark plug to initiate combustion. It has to jump the gap of the spark plug. So the, the distributor, whether it's electronic distributor on an old engine or a breaker point distributor makes no difference. That's controlling the coil and it's charging the coil and then the coil at one particular point when the breaker points open or when the ignition module shuts off the field and the coil collapses and the electricity looks to go someplace and it goes to a spark plug based upon the position of the rotor where the rotor is in the distributor cap okay well there's a lot of similarities that happen with a pump line nozzle engine even though obviously there is no spark and there's no ignition coil but the injection pump is going to time what nozzle what cylinder it's sending the fuel to now just like a coil has to charge or charge meaning fill up saturate actually the proper term when when a coil is saturate and it's even at any type of a magnetic winding i mean if, if it's a solenoid you have to saturate that solenoid for that or that relay for it to work but on on a pump line nozzle diesel is the pump is going to build pressure and it's going to send it's going to send this fuel under pressure to the injector all right to the nozzle and then what is going to happen just like akin to the arcing of a spark plug or the gap of a spark plug is that the nozzle slash injector is set to have a certain pop open or pop off pressure the the terms are used interchangeably some people call it pop off some people call it pop open all right they're used for the most part interchangeably so what will happen is just like the coil on an ignition on a gasoline engine needs to build up enough energy to have enough energy stored to jump the gap of the spark plug right then the injection pump on a diesel needs to build enough pressure to open up that injector against spring pressure that's inside of it. Now, all right, the thing that we have to understand is that just like if you were to take an engine, let's say a gasoline engine, whatever kind you want, makes no difference, electronic ignition points, and you took the spark plugs out. So let's say it's a four-cylinder engine and you took the spark plugs out and you changed the gap in each spark plug so you went and you made this one let's say the gap is historic well for all for our re- representation let's say thirty-five thousands. so you made this one fifteen thousands. you made the next cylinder seventy thousands. you made the next cylinder twenty thousands, and you made the, the last cylinder thirty-five thousands. 
Well, empirically, you all know that that engine is not going to run properly because the gap of the spark plug. So, the gap of the spark plug is going to is going to to determine the ionization voltage to get that cylinder to ignite the fuel and air mixture. All right, so. Now, let's go back and talk about a pump line nozzle diesel. Now, the, each injector is, has, a sp- has a spring in it. And this spring is, I'm not, it's analogous. We'll make it, we'll say it's analogous. It's not obviously a one-to-one comparison. It's analogous to the gap of a spark plug. But instead of electricity going, to try to jump the gap of a spark plug is what this spring is going to do. It's going to be an adjustment to set how much pressure that injection pump needs to send for that injector to open up, all right? So that is what they call pop off or pop open pressure. So just like a gap of a spark plug, you want to have those gaps set evenly in each cylinder, just like you want your seed to soil coverage to be even, and you want your plant, whether it's corn or soybeans or wheat, whatever it may be, you want to have even emergence. You want to have each cylinder see the same amount of pressure for that injector to open up and spray fuel into the bore. Because remember, a diesel is compression ignition, that the compressing, the the action of the pistons, and it makes no difference whether it's a modern diesel, but we're talking about pump line nozzle here, but the dynamics of the combustion event is the same. So, So the piston, as it sweeps towards top dead center, it's compressing the air molecules, and these air molecules, the friction of the air molecules being compressed together is going to create heat. And then what's going to happen is that when the fuel is sprayed into this heated air, it's going to self-ignite. It's going to what they call auto-ignition, and the engine runs. So getting back to that, make so if we have a nozzle an injector for each cylinder on a diesel pump line nozzle you could now see empirically right how important it is for each injector to open what to operate at the same at the same pressure opening pressure so arguably let's say in some we'll go back to a four cylinder engine let's say cylinder number one is opening at 1500 pounds so the number two is at 2,500 pounds. So the number three is at 1,800 pounds. And so on the number four is at 3,000 pounds. Well, what's going to happen is that injection pump is going to have to build. A, so it's going to start to build pressure. And, it one, and the stone that's opening at 1,500 pounds, as soon as that, that fuel pressure going to that in, injector is going to hit 1,500 pounds, the spring is going to pop off and, go, and it's going to spray fuel. All right, but now to come the next zone, let's say it's a four cylinder one, and cylinder one fires and cylinder four. That one is set at 3,000 pounds. So now this pump has to build 3,000 pounds. Then is this engine empirically? You're going to know just anecdotally, right, that this engine is not going to run properly. So it is very, so each nozzle. Each injector has a specified pop-off pressure as a specification. And on an older engine like that, it could be 2,000 pounds. It's usually two to 3,000 pounds, 1,800 to 3,000 pounds of pressure to open the injector. 
So the thing is that you want to have, and, and based upon the injector design, some of them have a screw that they adjust, and some of them have to be shimmed or, or combination, so it makes no difference, but you're able to set the pressure. How do you set the pressure? You can't do it. You have to pull the injectors out, the nozzles out, and bring them to a pump shop. And the pump shop will put it on the test bench. And the test bench historically has a hydraulic handle. And they put they put the injector in there and they monitor what pressure has to be built before the injector opens up and, and administers fuel. Now, keep in mind that the lower the pressure historically, the poorer the atomization of the fuel. And the fuel needs to be atomized. Remember, atomization means broken into small particles. And if it's broken, if it's atomized properly, then it has more surface area because there's a lot of little, little, tiny, little atomized droplets, all right? Still a liquid, but it's a droplet form to interact has, with the heated air. So you will have cleaner combustion. You will have more power. You will have quieter combustion. You will have a happy plant. You'll have a plant that's able to send its roots down, right? Get some nutrients, get some water, get some sun. The same thing is going to happen inside the engine. So it's very important for you to have, for an engine to have, not you, a diesel engine to have good atomization. Now, getting back to this, that most people... So you may have an injector that's not that's opening late or opening early, and it may be dribbling fuel, so you're getting a little bit of haze from the exhaust. But the thing is that to make to make sense of this, if you have an older pump line nozzle diesel engine, the reason why I'm saying older is because the newer stuff is usually not pump line nozzle; it's some sort of electronic control. But if even if you have a brand new one, it's pump line nozzle. That so that is that you should build a relationship with a pump shop. And it is very, very smart and good preventive maintenance that every few years, maybe every 10 years, depending on how old the engine is, to, and it's a good winter winter project or when you're not when you're not using that particular engine and pull those nozzles out bring them to a bring them to an, a good trusted injector pump shop and let them go through it clean them service them and set them so they're all opening at the same pressure and you will find that that diesel engine will probably run like it never did before Hey, it's Billy Kinder, host of Kinder Outdoors. You can hear the show Saturday mornings at 9 right here on Rural Radio, Channel 147. The very top names in the hunting and fishing business, well, they make up our pro staff. And our guests vary from the world of athletics, entertainment, politics, and they all have one thing in common. They love to hunt, fish, and get outside. If that's you, why don't you plan on joining us every week, 9 a.m. Eastern, Saturdays, on Rural Radio, Channel 147. Justin Mills here, rancher and host of the Working Ranch Radio Show, inviting you to join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern on Rural Radio, Channel 147. We'll go in-depth on topics that are relevant to the beef industry, plus we'll hear from meteorologist Don Day on the long-term weather outlook, and the Captain Tim O'Byrne with Working Ranch Magazine will stop in for Tim's Two Cents. So join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern for the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. Both a blessing and a curse. I'm Scott Linden, out and about, scouting for big game. 
And while trail cameras are wonderful, how we use them can actually booger up our hunting. During the summer months, remember that deer move very little. So rather than frequent visits to your trail cams, limit your checks to a maximum of once a week. You're not leaving as much human scent as often, and there's less chance you'll upset a big buck's patterns. When you do go, get to the cameras quickly and quietly as possible, leave as little human odor, and be invisible to the deer. Yeah, hunt when you're scouting. And when the season does start, you're ahead of the game, literally. We're made possible by happyjackinc.com. 76 years of dog remedies for people like you and you and me that live out here. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. As always, if you have any questions about pump line nozzle diesels or anything else on the farm equipment-wise, please feel free to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com, and we will open up a dialogue, and I will do the best I can to, God willing, help you. But now we have to get Tex Rubinowitz from Ripsaw Records in before you meet me in the farm shop. Come on, Tex. Alrighty, Tex, imagine if he didn't have those strings set properly in that guitar, then it would sound all over the place. Well, that's like a pump line nozzle diesel when the pop-off pressures, the pop-open pressures are all over. And I just want to touch on briefly is that, you know, people, if you look at it in depth, it has the theory of also impacting the injector or the, the timing but it's really more it was when of the when is the end the cylinder going to be fueled and how good or the quality of the atomization right because the, for the pump to build from 2000 to 2500 pounds doesn't take that long so but if they're opening sooner it's more the atomization and how that and, and of the fuel into that cylinder all right but here we are we're going to meet me in the farm shop and we're going to talk about something that all of us who farm or ranch are concerned about and that's soil compaction and i am paranoid on my place about soil compaction once i fixed my soil took 12 years to fix it on still ongoing i don't want to compact it so it is important to understand that the two that there are two different types of soil compaction that occur every time you drive on the field shallow compaction is from the soil surface down to the tillage zone which is four to six inches all right we don't till anymore but it's still considered the tillage zone it can be minimized with the proper air pressure for the load and tire size along with the tires design to determine this you need to weigh your equipment with the different implements attached bias ply tires create the most compaction radial tires create less but if and vf tires are the best at minimizing compaction deep compaction is the greatest concern and it is created by the axle weight it is the compaction zone beneath the tillage zone deep compaction even with the most advanced tire technology at the correct pressure heavy equipment will create deep compaction large combines grain and grain carts are the biggest offenders for deep compaction so that's why we need to have travel lanes in our field we have to have those travel lanes we can't go over there and just keep riding any place that we want to go so i want to thank you so much for tuning in and i want you to know 
that the hot rod farmers own for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved and beloved America. You have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next week. We have a next Sunday at a different time. Bye-bye. RFD-TV gives you the unbiased ag news important to rural America. A group of House Republicans have filed a bill aimed at preventing foreign enemies from targeting the U.S. ag industry. Forecasts for farmers and ranchers. And some showers here stretched back through the nation's midsection could get awfully heavy. And when the markets move, we give you expert analysis of the numbers. What about that energy market yesterday? Market Day Report and Rural Evening News. Weekdays on RFD-TV and Rural Radio 147 Sirius XM. Tune in for Commodity Wrap each weekday morning at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, and every evening at 5.30 Eastern, 4.30 Central. I'm Marlon Bowling, bringing you the latest market details and talking with a variety of market experts on location at the CME Group. From grains to livestock and everywhere in between, your rural radio team will keep you informed of the latest developments the minute they happen. We're gathering the news and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve and protect your bottom line. It's Commodity Wrap on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, your market authority. We believe talent is everywhere, but opportunity is not. There are many causes, but it mostly comes down to race, what their parents earn, and where they live. It's made worse by unequal access to technology, healthy foods, and mentors. It's time we provide opportunities for all our kids. Nothing should hold a kid back, and if we all pull together, nothing will. Visit 4-H.org today and join us. Rural America's most important network is here for you. Focusing on the stories important to farmers, ranchers, and small-town USA with Market Day reports and Rural Evening News. Our team follows policy issues impacting you on the state and federal level. With a dedicated bureau in Washington and guests joining us live from across the globe. News, markets, and weather reports you can use however you want to watch, at home, in the field, or on your phone. Watch Market Day Report and Rural Evening News each weekday. Sign up at watchrfdtv.com.